This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. Somehow the scriptures for Sunday reminded me of when I was in junior high school and went to music camp. Though I felt like I was a decent saxophone player in my own school, the camp meant interacting and competing with kids from all over the county, and I was nervous. That first day of music camp, we checked in, found our seats, and everyone began to warm up. I put my saxophone together in the usual way and took a deep breath and blew. Nothing happened. I I blew again. Nothing happened. I began to sweat bullets. I looked in the in the bell of the saxophone to see if something had gotten stuffed in there. The keys seemed to work. Everything seemed okay. Luckily, everybody around me was making their own noise of scales and practice. And so embarrassed and worried, I, I took my instrument and went to this band director who I'd never met before, who I was hoping to impress in the coming days. And I said to him, near tears, my saxophone won't work. He looked at it for a second and then looked at me and he said with a slight smile, don't breathe in so much before trying to play. Breathe out a little. Relax. Loosen your embouchure, your bite, and give it a try. Well, I did what he said and guess what? A miracle. It worked. He had healed the saxophone. He smiled at me and as though he were reading my mind, he said, don't be afraid. Everybody's nervous on the first day, even me. Well, fear had paralyzed me. It made me choke. It shut me down. In the gospel reading from Matthew 25, 14 through 30, Jesus tells a story about fear and its power. He tells the story of a rich man who entrusts some of his money with each of his three servants. The first servant invests and makes a bundle. The second also invests and does pretty well. But the third servant is afraid, and so he buries the money, adding nothing, learning nothing, doing nothing. That third servant says he's afraid of the boss, but I wonder if he isn't also afraid of other things, the afraid of failure, afraid of losing control of the money that is his for a short time, afraid of what others might say if he comes in second or third. On and on his fears must have gone, and so fear freezes him. It prevents growth. It, it separates him from action. It moves him into isolation. Fear can do that, can't it? Someone has pointed out that the word fear, F-E-A-R, can be an acronym sometimes with each letter representing a word, especially when it seems to control us. F-E-A-R can indeed be like false evidence appearing real. In Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, he reminds the church that we are people of light, not of darkness. Fears can overshadow things to the extent that it feels like it's always going to be night, and that's when various escape mechanisms can kick in. Paul names sleep and drunkenness for two, but we could add our own list probably, all the various ways we try to skirt away from fear. Most of us are probably carrying around a lot of fear right now. 
Uh, we're afraid of this COVID-19 coronavirus. Uh, we're afraid both of getting sick, but afraid of the way it's making its attack on our economy, on jobs, on, on restaurants and cultural institutions, on our, on our way of life, on our families, on our culture. We're afraid of the divides affecting our country, deep differences among people that, that seem irreconcilable and almost hopeless. But Paul writes to the Thessalonians, and he writes to us, understanding that we have fears, but Paul encourages us not to let them get the best of us. Paul says it just won't work to sleepwalk or live in a daze. Instead, Paul says, arm yourself as if for battle, not battle with people, but an even more important battle, battle with darkness itself. Paul says, put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. As kingdom people, as people with faith in Jesus Christ, who makes all things new, we have the opportunity to create a community that supports one another and encourages each other's talents and abilities, that shows each other the power of faith over fear. Wherever there is fear, may it be banished and dispersed, and may God give us the faith to risk and invest deeply in faith, hope, and love. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. At our 6 p.m. worship service, Calvin Dutrois sings a contemporary setting of Psalm 90 by Sandra McCracken. You've been our home and our dwelling, our place in all generations. Before the earth and the mountains were formed, Lord, you were us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to your ways. Teach us to number our days with wisdom and grace, wisdom and grace, wisdom and grace, wisdom and grace. Now the span of our life, it is made sorrow and labor as the days pass away like the grass how soon we are gone teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to your ways teach us to number our days with wisdom and the 
of our hands bring you praise set your favor upon us oh establish the work of our hands may your kingdom come teach us to number our days and we may apply our hearts to your ways teach us to number our days with wisdom and grace wisdom and grace wisdom and grace wisdom and grace you've been listening to eighth day encouragement the eighth day is a monday after the seven days of the week but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven and so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection hope and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.